Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Phantopological, the podcast that explores the breadth of human fandom. My name is Nick G, and today we're going to be looking at the question, is fandom a necessary part of our identity? <laughs> Here with me to discuss this question are my two best friends, Nick T. Uh, hey. And Nick Z. Hoi uh, hoi. Well, gentlemen, I've posed it. Is fandom a necessary part of our identity in this day and age? Like, obviously, they are, because, like, people have many facets, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Certainly, I think they are, because if you're not identifying yourself through some sort of fandom, then what are you identifying yourself through these days? Somebody who's a fan of books, somebody who's a fan of taking walks outside, <laughs> boring and gross, you milk toast person. Okay, well, like, we, we usually define fandom, at least what we're talking about fandom, as, like, taking an interest in something and optionally participating in that with a group of other people, right? Have I got that? Yeah. That sounds about right. So, like, if we curtail it to the smallest possible definition, which we often find to be quite useless, which is having an interest in something, then, yeah, fandoms are reductively part of everyone's identity. I like cheese. Yeah, it's almost um, uh, a change of vocabulary, right? For You know, while you, you just think of, like, you know, sports fans and things like that. But, uh, yeah, everyone's a fan of something, right? So then, yes, everyone likes a thing. But is that liking a thing integral to their identity? I don't know. In some cases, yeah. (laughs) I guess so. You know what? Like, no, 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 no. You're right. You're right, Z. Because I remember being on uh, on a dating site, being on OkCupid, if that's still around, and hearing the wisdom of, uh, of the dating site being like, don't message people about, like, what they're... Like, there's a spot in the profile that's about your, quote, favorites. It's like, don't message people about your favorites because that that doesn't necessarily create like a substantial bond or whatever it doesn't necessarily mean that you'll like each other it just means you both like a show or whatever advice i which i ignored by the way (laughs) (laughs) but like that's you know that's that's wisdom i've heard before you know you two people like a thing that doesn't mean you're going to get along or have um complementary personalities or means that that any other part of you is is similar so like you can you can enjoy lots and lots of stuff but you don't have to take it on board as part of who you are i was about to say i think it's it's that threshold when you talk about fandom through the lens of someone who participates in it with like a group of people that's where i i think you've gone from it's an unnecessary part of your identity to like a necessary part obviously something that's changeable because you're a human who's capable of change but like, I don't know, um, I had a conversation with my wife about uh, cosplay. I think we were talking about, in a similar context, talking about dating. I can't imagine if I was dating somebody who was a cosplayer and asking them to stop doing that. I, I can't imagine that going well for me if I'm interested in them. When somebody has reached that level of mm-hmm. participation in a fandom, it feels like that's important to them. <laughs> yeah, there's a threshold at which it takes it takes uh, more time and effort and attention in your life than just consuming a thing, whether it be a TV show or cheese. Yeah. People who just are interested in things, people like, I like cheese. I like books. I like, I don't know, computer keyboards. That might be a bad example. Um, <laughs> but, but people who just have like that kind of surface level of interest in something, I would say it's definitely not a necessary part, a core part of someone's identity because you can just throw it away. It's literally just a preference and a preference isn't really part of an identity. All right, let's go one deeper. Oh no, what have I done? Sure, I like cheese as much as the next person, 
I don't know if I'd call myself a Chiefs fan. Everybody has those preferences, but does everybody not also have that thing they like so much that it is a part of their lives? Could you be slightly more specific? Or just give an example, I guess. Maybe. Like, because you're talking about that stuff is just preference. That's surface level. That's just consumption. And everyone does that. But I think just about everyone also has another thing which they're more passionate about, which is probably a part of their identity. I don't think any anyone only likes everything on surface level. No. And I, I didn't mean to give that impression. I mean, there are just some things that are just preferences. Like, I was thinking in my head as I was saying that, sports fans are a great example that take my previous thing and toss it out the window because mm. there are people who do not play sports, uh, know a lot about sports. So, like, they may be actually may not even know that much about the sport, not like the curative side of the fandom. They could just enjoy watching a sport. And in my mind, that could be a very surface level thing. It could be something that that person takes or leaves as part of their identity. But for most of the people that I know, they they take it really, really far. And it is a big part of their identity, even though they're not actively participating uh, in it. They're not contributing to like the quote culture of, I don't know, sports fans or something. Like, the, the terse, witty answer is, it's a part of your identity if you want it to be a part of your <laughs> identity. But, like, that doesn't make for interesting TV, damn it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, I feel like we're almost circling back on what is the definition of fandom. So, let me uh, take it another direction and say, why not? It might as well be a part of your identity. I did, like, we're not, we're not nerd-shaming people these days, at least not, not, not by and large, right? The nerds are in control now. Everyone's got something. So, like, you might as well. Um, some people may only know you like online or whatever as a fan of that thing. And then other people who know you closer know that it's just one aspect. I think that's a really important point. That whole like how you fill out an online uh, an online bio or something, whether it's on a dating app or uh, on like your own website or your Twitter bio, you know, just those however, like what, 150 characters all about you. You can't uh, have a big long list of all the things you're interested in, like deeply interested in, and maybe also surface level interested in, in 280 characters. So you're not going to get all aspects of yourself in there. I mean, hopefully your podcast has a short name <laughs> uh, so you can fit fit your other interests in there as well. But- that alone, though, like forces you to kind of focus things in and kind of in a way almost maybe not makes fandom important or necessary to general identity, like the way that people see you or the way you present yourself in real life face to face but it it sort of makes it really important for those more compact interactions it's a lot faster to say i'm i'm a huge zelda fan than to say i really enjoy exploring new spaces and swords are cool and magic and fantasy and all these other things look man anybody who's listened to this podcast only needs to know one thing about you z and that's that you love swords that's your identity now. If we're talking about cheese, get some blue in there as well. That too is also like we're we we're we're more and more speaking on in a language of fandom between ourselves online. Like there's a baseline of pop culture knowledge that a lot of people have. So if you are seen as a fan of thing, then people can associate like a, a grouping of uh, characteristics. Mm-hmm. With the, with that thing you like, you must be this way because you like this thing, or you must like these other things. Yeah, yeah. So it so it creates a lot a faster version of of getting to know somebody, and and uh, often 
it seems like online that's uh skews towards the negative i mean i can't help but think of things like being labeled a weeaboo and having to, to deal with all the, the the baggage that might come with that to uh people who maybe aren't familiar with the nuance there or who just just have a very fixed idea of what that is in their mind might surprise you i mean i feel like times have changed a little bit i don't think it's as it's as bad a word i think so many people I like adopt like multiple liking multiple fandoms into their identity that it's harder to pin down what someone liking a thing means about them. And I would I would say one of my one of my greatest greatest passions and greatest fandoms pro wrestling is sort of coming out of that now because I feel like there was a very strong stereotype of what a, what a pro wrestling fan was for a long time and now you see people who are like nerdy in lots of other ways, also enjoy pro wrestling. Thinking about the different labels people use to identify themselves in different fandoms, like some of some of them don't really say don't really have too much to say about a fan anyway, right? Like if you say you're a Whovian, I don't know how much you're gonna read into that other than the person likes Doctor Who. I don't have any preconceived notions about what a Doctor Who fan is like, because I know a huge number of people who just watch it at varying levels of intensity. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, when you say weeb, I know a bunch of people who would identify as weebs and I get completely different reads on them. <laughs> yeah. Like somebody identifying as a weeb could be like anywhere from this is my waifu and my husband dose. Yep. And and I mean that in a sincere way and in a hilarious way. Yep. Sure. To just somebody who watches anime like there's a massive spectrum with multiple dimensions and we're just talking about one identifier of culture here yeah yeah for example if someone were to say to me i i enjoy this the ms the mcu i'd be like okay you are a person who is alive <laughs> that would be as much information as i would have without being prescriptive it feels like there definitely are some definitely some fan activities that make fandom part of a core identity and de- and certain fandoms that are more likely to kind of kind of rope people in or not rope people in, but kind of um, embed that that fandom as part of your identity. We've we've talked about a lot of them on the show, like things like Star Wars and Doctor Who cosplay. Yeah, um, though, I feel like those kinds of things, whether they're curative or transformative, tend to kind of embed themselves in people. Yeah. Yeah. I think. um at least to my mind, if you were to compare somebody who was a cosplayer and somebody who was a regular writer or editor for a, a fan website, the cosplayer is probably going to maybe have more artifacts, more trappings of that fandom in their daily life than somebody who is, you know, putting an article on this website that only other fans will see. I mean, when you say only fans in this case, that could that could actually be a lot of people. <laughs> it, it could be. It could be. But I mean, like... I feel like one of the things that uh, this question, this question of fandom and identity kind of brings to mind is, and I didn't really realize it until we got into it, that if it's necessary for your identity, then it's sort of something that you just, you just have out there. You just put it out there. And it's not something that only other people who do that thing know you for. It's something that's sort of a part of the general way you present yourself. It's like somebody who is uh, a huge Transformers fan. Think about it this way, this way, okay. Two people working in the same office. They're both huge Transformers fans. You've got the one who's like, you know, pretty fastidious about this and that. Like, they keep their desk pretty tidy. There might be like one tiny little SD figurine that they kind of have beside their stapler. 
So it's there, but maybe not going to stir up a lot of conversation. And then you've got the other Transformer fan who's got like just a whole diorama of figurines. You know, that person's wearing it on their sleeve more. That person like in and in a way, I would maybe argue that like it's just one element in a person's identity. Like those both of those people, for the sake of argument, at least, let's say identify as Transformers fans. The one with the almost clear desk, maybe another part of their identity is just being a little bit more reserved. And then another part of the the other person's uh, identity is being a little bit more extroverted. I feel like that's the beginning of an interesting like philosophy problem. <laughs> like there are two office workers. They both like Transformers. One has one Transformers figure on their desk. One has 20. But for both of them, that's the only thing they have on their desk. Which one is a greater fan? <laughs> they both have like 100% Transformers items on their desk. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Well, that, that yeah, little like, uh, SD figurine is like the most obscure deep cut possible. Yeah. What it, what it lacks in breadth that makes up for in depth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in, in that case, it seems to me that like both of those people, for both of those people, fandom is pretty important to their identity. Whether you want to get into some sort of measuring contest about who's the bigger fan, like that's that's where I'm going to bow out of this conversation. <laughs> but I say like sometimes like saying you're a fan can be a real line in the sand. Uh, I'll give you an example that will immediately clarify what I'm talking about. There are people that watch Rick and Morty and people that are Rick and Morty fans. There is a whole bunch of attributes that are labeled on the people that are Rick and Morty self self ascribed Rick and Morty fans. Mm. none of them good eh. it, right it's it's the it's the same idea as like labels in general like are labels helpful or are they harmful if we're talking about people they can help self-identify in terms of things that they enjoy and are more interested in than just interests they're things that they have a particular passion for like you mentioned with rick and morty fans but they can also be harmful if like if i just call g a weeb uh and g doesn't identify as a weeb that's that's not a good time for anybody necessarily could cause mm-hmm. some conflicts because we might have different ideas about what that means we probably we definitely have different ideas about what that means we have to yeah it's all about like what what that means to you and you know whether you're self-identifying as that or not but i will turn to the person that i pushed their existence aside earlier but i'm gonna say would did that did that person who has a you know, watches some shows and enjoys them, watches movies and enjoys them, doesn't really engage with the fandom, but just has like these things that they that they like in their life, but is not uh deeply engaged within a fandom wherein it t- it takes up some of their time. Does that person feel like they're missing something? If it, if fandom is is an integral part of identity, then that person that doesn't have it should feel like they're missing something. I have to like think about that now. <laughs> I think that's kinda I think that's kinda tricky though, because like are we talking active participation, like at least jumping into a discord and like talking with people no. about this thing? No. So like, what, what are you defining as participation? If I, if I, if I <laughs> keep it up with Zelda, keep it up with me, mate, let's make this personal. Um, if I play a lot of Zelda games and then also watch a lot of Zelda YouTube, I mean, am I, 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 I don't know how else to say it. Am I less of a fan than, Somebody who's also like going on the forums, going on the discords, writing for for Zelda universe or whatever Zelda dungeon. 
I mean, the interesting thing is, is you put a demarcation between going on, like going on a discord or writing on a forum versus watching a YouTube. I don't think there's a difference that's spending time on the thing. That's not just the thing. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. If I'm understanding your read or what you, what you've said correctly, G you're, you're asking, you know, if I like a thing, if I do something in that thing and somebody else does more of that thing and I feel like I'm missing out, what does that say about how integral fandom is to my identity? Have I got that? Yeah. Like do you, does one feel that one is lacking if they don't, if they don't identify with some kind of fandom in that way? I mean, if it's different than general fo- uh, fear of missing out, then yeah, I would, I would say that a longing to do something and not doing it would like embed at least part of that thing into your identity or even if it's not your actual identity, it's like your aspirational identity. Cause we all have aspirations about things we'd like to do, uh, yeah. whether it be like be a famous musician or writer or, or something. Those are things that we aspire to do and may achieve in various levels of success. Um, but they may not be our actual identities, which are like things that we exist in the present. And like, I don't know. I, I think that even aspirational, aspirational things yeah still are core parts of us they're what drive us like i'm a i'm a software developer is that's like something in my present identity but like aspirationally i might want to be i don't know a video game developer and that drives part of how i want to grow and change and the kinds of things that i want to do if i was a fan of i don't know any anime and i wanted to become an animator that is also an aspirational part of me and that's part of my identity it's just not part of the person I am now. It's the person I want to be. Hmm. But wanting to be the person that you want to be is also part of your identity. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that sort of recursion could just go on forever. But <laughs> like, but like agreeing with you, T, your aspirations are also what make part of what make you, you. I, that's what I'm getting at in the most straightforward way. <laughs> Without using the word thing a million times. <laughs> Uh, so that's going to do it for this discussion this time. If you have like stories or string times you've you've told people about being a, a fan of something as part of your identity or or the way in which you incorporate it into yourself, please let us know at nickatthenickscast.com. You can also contact the show on Facebook at Fanthropological or on Twitter at Fanthropologic and let us know your, your experiences and how you roll your fandom into your identity. If you want to know what the three of us are up to, we are the Nixcast, and we can be found at the Nixcast basically everywhere that you'd like to uh, contact people on the internet. So uh, all you have to do is Google it. And if you would like to know what the three of us are up to individually, for myself, you can find my stuff over at fragileair.bandcamp.com or Fragile Air wherever you like to stream music. I just put a new EP out, and more is coming. Take a listen if you if you want a musical challenge. If you want to know what I'm up to, I'm probably, thank goodness, almost done editing all of the Zeal Archives. The second season is live and you can check it out at zealarchives.com. A new episode of the second season will be out next Thursday. You can also find out more about that at twitter.com slash zealarchives or facebook.com slash zealarchives. What I'm up to is a little bit of writing, a little bit of translating, and you can find the latest thing that I've published out there to Amazon to the wide world, but starting with Amazon anyway, by going into any Amazon of your choosing and typing in Beowulf, a mostly modern verse translation. You might not even need to type that whole thing in there and it'll come up. Beowulf, a mostly modern verse translation by N.S.C. Zakarowitz. Alright, that'll about do it. Thank you for listening, everybody. And until next time, 
We'll talk to you next time. Breaking news! We have a special announcement from the Epic Film Guys. Can you imagine a world immune to all forms of cancer? Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come for our fourth annual live stream for the cure. And this year, we need your help more than ever. Please join us May 27th through May 31st for 48 hours of live content from guests and podcasts around the world. We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference.